0: As you float through the inky darkness, taking in your next breath and hoping you have enough oxygen for your journey, you turn your head and look around as you float towards the coordinates you were given. It's always unnerving being a living soul that willingly descends into Davy Jones' locker. The slow rhythmic motions of your legs are giving you a little calm, though an an eerie feeling comes over you as a shape reveals itself in the distance. Hopefully it's not a creature to make a quick snack of you. Cautiously, you, you continue to approach the shapes and your excitement grows, you've finally found what you've been looking for. Shipwrecks are all over the ocean floor. Some are well-preserved, like the Gunilda or Gunelda. Please forgive my mispronunciations in this episode which sunk well on Lake Superior, and others are already disintegrated back into the ocean and fully reclaimed. My name is Amiri, and today I'm exploring a few of the shipwrecks that rest at the bottom of our oceans. Did you know that humans have only explored less than 10% of the world's ocean? This is a little astounding, considering that 71% of our planet's surface is covered by water. By far, we have explored more of the moon, or possibly Mars, than we have our own oceans. This ecosystem is an alien planet world, ripe for exploring, and with new species being discovered every year. Don't worry there, though. There will be plenty of time to deep dive into the wonders of the ocean in later episodes of this podcast. For now, let's just start with the shipwrecks. When thinking about shipwrecks in particular, usually one thinks about pirates and sunken treasure just waiting to be found. It's true, those ships do have treasure, just one more of a historical nature than gold and riches. The other example that comes to mind is the most infamous maritime disaster, the Titanic, which will get its own episode as there are so many stories and history surrounding it. As for pirate ships, that'll happen in the future as well, but it goes best hand in hand with ghost ships, as you can't talk about one without the other, it seems. We'll start with a well-preserved one that I mentioned earlier, the Gunilda. She was a Scottish-built American steam yacht that was built in 1897 by Ramage and Ferguson, and remained in service until her sinking in 1911. Various owners passed her around, but the last owner was William L. Harkness. He and his family were taking a tour of Northern Lake Superior when, about five miles off Rossport, Ontario, on August 11th, the ship ran aground hard on a shoal. A shoal, for those unaware, is a sandbar, or sandbank, that is, a body of water, and can think of, think of it like a nasty speed bump or curb once you hit it. You're usually stuck. When a tugboat was called to help unstick the Gunilda, it was successful, but unfortunately once pulled free, she rolled over starboard that's the right side for my mo- for my non-nautical n- listeners, and sank. No lives were lost, at least not yet. The wreck was rediscovered in 1967 by Chuck Sender, and she was found 82 meters, or 270 feet, deep in the lake, though her deck is only 74 meters, or 242 feet deep. This wreck is best preserved because everything was still in place on board, and her structure remained undamaged after settling on the bottom of the lake. While no one died when she sank, there have been two deaths associated with exploring her watery decks. In 1907, diver Charles King Hayes died while exploring, but his body, unfortunately, wasn't recovered until 1976. The second happened when a diver from Burlington, Ontario, Reg Barrett, died while exploring. Full disclosure, I'm not a diver. The most I've done is snorkeling off the coast of Catalina Island, and even then I had an instructor tour guide with me, but I'm not completely unaware of the dangers when diving in shipwrecks. I've seen a documentary or two, though it doesn't make me an expert. One could become disoriented or lost, snagged on a piece of metal or wood sticking out, get caught in a cord or rope. Or have an equipment of failure that occurs after their pre-check, where something could go wrong with their oxygen levels. It can be scary stuff, especially if you have very little experience. Though there were attempts to recover the Gonilda, I unfortunately haven't found anything to find out if it was ever successful. Our next wreck takes us to the British Virgin Isles. It's the wreck of the RMS Roan. She was built in 1865 by the Millwall Ironworks, located in London, England, and was an iron-hulled steamship that was approximately 310 feet long and could carry up to 313 passengers. The maiden voyage was from Southampton to Rio de Janeiro on October 9th. The first bit of bad luck happened in 1866 when, during a storm, some of her lifeboats, furniture, and other cargo were destroyed, but the ship continued to survive several more bad storms, which led to the rumors that the RMS Roan was unsinkable. Well, I do appreciate people's enthusiasm for naming things as a success in giving our history of the world. One trend that should stop is calling a ship unsinkable. It seems to place a curse on it. In 1869, the San Arisco hurricane struck the Virgin Isles, battering both the RMS Rhone and another ship that integrates into our story, the RMS Conway, inside the Great Harbor. When the eye of the hurricane finally came around, passengers of the Conway were transferred over to the RMS Rhone after being agreed upon by both captains for their safety. Then, due to a common maritime practice, the passengers were tied to their bunks before the storm kicked up again. Captain Woolley of the RMS Roan, then took his vessel towards the open sea. Unfortunately, the tail end of the storm battered the vessel. It sent the captain flying off the ship and into the water, drowning him. The ship was then bashed against the rocks and ripped in half, The boilers exploded upon contact with the sea, and the ship sank to the depths instantly. An unknown number of lives were lost, as it's unknown how many passengers were transferred to the Rhone, but what we do know is that only 23 crew members survived. Unlike with the previous wreck, there are a couple of paranormal instances associated with this disaster. Divers are said to have heard unexpected groans as they swim through what's left of the wreck, though the most disturbing report, and I can agree with this sensation, is the unexplained sub- sensation of being touched or tapped that has caused divers to rethink their intentions of exploring further. This next wreck, or wrecks, I should say, is found in the Black Sea, and are fairly unique compared to the other two on this list. For a start, it has some of the oldest shipwrecks ever found, with some parts dating back to 4000 BCE, and belong to the ancient Egyptians. So why are all these wrecks, which are made from wood, mind you, so well preserved in the depth of the Black Sea? This is because It has such a low oxygen content that the water lacks the internal motion that would mix the surface layer with the deep layer. As a result, the biological organisms that would normally break down wooden structures cannot survive, and thus we have these hauntingly beautiful wrecks living in the deep. How were they discovered? Well, in the year 2000... The National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, began a program that was led by Robert Ballard. Yes, the same one that discovered the Titanic. They discovered various wrecks below 100 meters, or 330 feet, that dated from the 2nd and 4th century Roman period, the Byzantine period between the 5th and 7th centuries, and one Well, extremely well-preserved wreck, in which the radiocarbon dated back to between 410 and 520 A.D. Within the Roman wrecks, there was a large pile of amphorae, essentially early jars or storage containers, that were remarkably well-preserved. While I don't know the history of these wrecks, in later episodes we will gradually work to learning about some of these places and cultures, that the wrecks may have come from. Legends and lore fill the ocean, and also surround it, as it is just as mysterious to us as space. We have also explored deeper parts of the Marianas Trench, and found alien creatures living within. But, when you begin to think about all the other parts we have not explored, it does bring an eerie feeling, as a creature could be lurking amongst the graveyard, amongst a graveyard of ships that it has claimed for itself day, we may find it, or perhaps it'll continue to elude us, but one thing is for sure. So long as people continue to sail the waters, it is inevitable that the ocean will continue to add to the ships to its collection. I want to thank you for choosing my little podcast and joining me on this second episode. Hopefully you'll return to listen to next week's, which will take a slightly different turn, given how high next Tuesday's date is. Fear not, though. We'll continue our spooky travel with Graveyards after that. Follow me on Instagram at Podcast and keep updated when episodes are published, as well as peek ahead for the next couple weeks of topics. Sources for this episode will appear in the description. Loyalty-free music is from Pixabay and was composed by Fanchi Sanchez. Thank you so much for listening, and until then, safe exploring, everyone.